All right, hello and welcome to another 3 hour podcast. This is Scott Phillips, and I'm joined once again by James Hernan, the Senior Programs Coordinator of the Emory National Debate Institute. You love that title. Uh, he's also the head janitor of the Emory Debate Office. That's true. Um, and this one uh, is the follow-up to our NAG prep for the TOC, uh, where we will tell you how to prepare for the affirmative for your final tournaments of the year. Yeah. For the record, all of this... For the most part, applies to the NDCA tournament as well as the TOC. I guess the one exception to that maybe just sort of like depending on the judge pool that shows up. Like several times in the neg, we talked about how you know the TOC tends to be very very college heavy. Mm-hmm. I, the NDCA is in Scranton, is that correct? Yep. It is. Yes. There's no telling who's going to show up in the Scranton judge pool other than Brian Manuel. It was an excellent And Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Dude, Dwight Schrute would be the... I voted Neg Black Bear. <laughs> what is the best? Um, okay. So, I guess let's first kind of start um, talking about just, like, how to prepare a new affirmative. Um, and then we'll maybe go into some more kind of specific things. Okay. Um, so, I guess the first thing that I wanted to talk about is just, like, that when you write a new AF, you have to have, like, a strategic reason for doing so. Yep. So, like, I know one, we had a lot of conversations with um, some of the Emory kids where they wanted to write new apps that were either advantage-wise or plan-wise extremely similar to apps that they had been running. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically a lot of work to put themselves in the same positions they were already in in debates. Yeah. Uh, so, which I think is very nicely into the categories of new apps. Category one is, can you tweak or change your current app? to make it more strategic. Um, a good example would be um, Ellie and, and Megan's AF, which was, you know, just like a, just let in smart people. And then and they tweaked the AF, made it, you know, much less topical, um, made it a much more nuanced change, which they just let students who are already here get green cards, basically. And so, the advantage ground basically stayed the same, but then they linked to a lot less. So there was a change, and instead of doing a bunch of counterplan work, decided to do a bunch of topicality work, make a change to the app. And that app worked out really well for them. Uh, you know, they, their app win percentage went up pretty substantially. Um, started having a lot of success just beating teams on no link to a disad, which they previously hadn't been able to do. Um, I can't. Nothing naturally comes to my mind other than maybe if you're running a big, if you've been running a big Afghanistan app or a big Korea app this year, maybe picking a particular group that you can still read internal links into your advantages, maybe just a particular combat troop and just taking on the substantial fight or, or picking a particular area of Japan where you, where you want to abandon and just taking on one or a topicality argument in order to decrease the ground. But if you don't have a good no-link-to-a-DA argument based on the change you're making to your plan text. Don't make the change to your plan text. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I've noticed with particularly Afghanistan apps is that the plans over the course of the year have kind of gotten either a lot more vague or a lot more wishy-washy on what it is they withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of saying we'll withdraw coin troops, they'll say we'll withdraw a substantial amount of coin troops or all or nearly all of those kind of things. I think that, you know, it's important to understand that what you're saying is not just like put a bunch of nonsense in your plan. Like through then existing means, we may or may not withdraw all or nearly all. And that, I think, is, is generally silly. 
Um, because in order to win those kind of plans that are illegitimate, you kind of have to win the premise that picks are bad anyway. Right. Which means you would just beat all the strategies that revolve around the bad, the other plan text on picks anyway. But I think that, you know, if you had, you know, a, a, I guess a good example I think would be like the Japan apps. You know, there's a lot of apps that withdraw from all of Okinawa, and then there's the app that just withdraw from Futendo. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find, you know, similar subcategories of, you know, withdrawing from regions of Afghanistan or... Uh, you know, particular types of troops in other areas, like, you know, in Iraq, we recently redefined what all the troops are there, so there's, you know, clearly divided categories of what the different people do and whatnot, and then still have your kind of similar internal links to advantages. Uh, You know, taking a marginally reduced solvency ability, like being able to solve a little less in order to avoid, you know, picks or big disemblings and whatnot, I think is a good way to innovate on your app. Especially if you just have a litany of like silly add-ons, like a little bit of reduced solvency for your one AC advantage is not that big of a deal. No, not at all, really. But the second category of new apps um, is jumping the ship. Just sort of like, all right, we're tired of Afghanistan. We are moving to Japan. We are defending the Japan app. I, I have two sort of like overall caveats before we talk about this. A, I think this is a bad topic for that type of move just because it's such a small topic and it's kind of awesome for that reason just abandoning your afghanistan app because everyone there is reading afghanistan to pick up korea um, is not a good move it's not a move that you uh, people have gone negative against those things they've been able to say what they were going to say so sorry there's a pause there um Jumping, teams have gone negative against Korea. Teams have gone negative against Japan. Teams have gone negative against Afghanistan. That means that picking up one of those apps and adding it new means that the negative will be more prepared than you are, which destroys one of the benefits of reading a new app, which is surprise, and you're more familiar with it, and they're not sort of familiar with it. The B sub point of that is Iraq and Kuwait. Um, it seems like there are only like four or five schools hanging out there. The ones that are hanging out there are kind of like K-teams or have a particular trick on the topic or or just sort of like the smaller apps on the area. That's a fine place to read the new app, but again, it's got to be a good app because those apps still link to a lot of generics on the topic. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said there about like how much work is involved in switching countries I think people radically underestimate the amount of work in general that needs to go into reading a new app. Like, if you run an app for four tournaments, you know, you probably put hundreds of hours of work into it. So if you cut, you know, a hundred-page new app over the course of a week, you maybe put fifty hours of work into it. So you're obviously going to not be as good as the app that you put four or five times as much work into it. And when the nag has already debated that a lot of times, yes. that's even more exasperated. Um, that's the math, because normally that math works out. You know, you can overcompensate by having a practice debate. You can overcompensate by, like, the newness. But you're not going to shock, you know, like Westminster TA by breaking a new Korea app against them. Hey, guess what? They've been neg against Korea more times than you've been after Korea. So you've nullified the advantage to that. Yeah, I mean, I think the only instance where that makes sense is if you know, like, you know, this team goes for deterrence against Korea all the time. It's likely when you break a new app that they'll fall back into that unless they prepare to Korea generic. And so That's true. If you can really bring the goods on the deterrence disadvantage, I mean, that might be an instance where it actually makes sense 
know, obviously that's a gamble. I remember before the TOC my senior year, I, I wrote an F basically just because I knew that GBN's strategy was to go for the cap K against this mm-hmm. F. Um, and so we were just kind of banking on, you know, them having not, they had beaten it like every time. So we were just kind of like the like odds that they'll cut a specific strategy, you know, even though this app is terrible and very low. And so that's true. We were just ready to go on the cap K part of it. If you have a trick against the thing you know they say against a particular app, you should be good. You know, we, we wrote new apps for the T, for the NDT around politics link turns because it was the only disad that existed on the immigration topic so it was easy to do that if, if you if you have a team that are a set of teams that always go for a particular argument that's a good reason to write a new app for sure yeah I mean politics in, in particular you know even if that's not something they want to go for all the time unless they have a counterpoint that politics is not a net benefit to you when you use straight term politics and that affects their ability to choose to go for a different strategy unless they go for you know, like a K or Writing a new app and being prepared to straight link term politics with just sort of like plan boost capital slash thumpers, pounders, other fights are coming type stuff is definitely the way to go. Uh, yeah, obviously, issue specific uniqueness, skip to one pass, that's even one game raised would be nice, but those things aren't necessary. I also think that just like if you know that they go for, you know, politics, for example, and you break a new Japan F, having, like, a Korea add-on to read versus the Korea FDA, just add something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you don't have really great link terms, if you can just have something case-specific that complicates their ability to win the DA, yeah. that's, like, a trick that's going to be useful. I would definitely prepare for the South Korea FTA DA and economy-based politics DAs going into the tournament. Um, just sort of like a... We always do this. Dealing with the politics to say when you're half at the TOC. Tighten up your winner's win stuff. You know, figure out... I'm so over winner's win. I'm not over it at all. It is so dumb. I just got finished reading the, like, prologue. I'm ready for an essay on it. You know, it's like, this stuff's going to be good. Why is it done? Because it's like, Republicans right now don't even admit that Obama is, like, a citizen. (laughs) So, like, okay. a win on Kuwait policing is not going to cause Boner to whoa, be whoa, like... Whoa, 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 that... Okay. But the problem with there is because you indicted the link, right? Like, oh, and the issue of Kuwait policing. But the negative has already established the significance of Kuwait policing as a political issue by, by reading the dissad by saying it would cost political capital and that sort of stuff. All the affirmative is saying is not that Republicans are going to get a born and all of a sudden be like, oh, it turns out Obama is, uh, you know, a citizen and stuff like that. It's just sort of like all of a sudden he's a president who's getting things done, who's moving forward with their agenda. So their political value and being against him decreases the political value being like, screw this Obama guy. But that's uh, their whole strategy at this point. It's not there's. Your your uh, your explanation presupposes that they have some other goal, the other and that their relationship goal. to the president is just one means to that goal. But right now, their meta goal is just like being anti. I mean, look at Libya. Yeah, that's true. Like, They're like Newt Gingrich two weeks before we attack. <laughs> How dare he not attack? Day we attack. How dare he attack? Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's. I mean, it's not. It's surreal. Like there's no. I mean, you know, the Afghanistan surge. Republicans Demanded. found ways to criticize yeah. him doing exactly what they asked for, 
You know, so it's hard to see if there was something, you know, withdraw from guess, Afghanistan. But what, what about something like Skifta, you know, which is, you know, we agree is going to be the DA. I mean, I guess there's maybe an argument for winners Democrats. win, yeah, de- but... The Tea Party and, and conservative economic Republicans are pro-free trade. They're not the one that that Link story is talking about. So you think that if you were like, you know, there's these, I don't even know, like... AFL-CIO Democrats who are kind of opposed to the Korea deal because, like, labor restrictions or whatever. Sure. And then Obama's like, Afghan, over. I think that that is one issue where, yes. But because the reason they support the AFL-CIO is because it, they show up at the, the voting booth. They show up for the president. The president all of a sudden starts getting stuff done and becomes a winner and starts moving the agenda in the direction that he wants to and Expanding political capital in positive ways—that's that's another horse they can attach their little buggy to. They don't have to be all in on the AFL-CIO. They can be all in on Obama's a badass, and we can use him to get elected. I will say that one thing, at least in this instance, that's different from college topic this year is that the direction of the win is better for the AF, and that the plan is bigger than the politics this year. Like ending the Afghanistan war would probably have a big effect on the agenda. Yes. Whereas, like, in college, it was like, but but let in 10 more Indian IT specialists. That's an indict of the politics disad. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying an argument for the AF when going for winner's win mm. should be that the plan is actually a big enough win that it affects something because okay. people care about war. That's fair. But, again, the negative is already saying that the, the AF is something that impacts the agenda. They've already established that. I guess, but like, just <laughs> arguing that something is like political on the politics is that I guess we, you and I maybe have different link thresholds. Like, I don't. I think that just saying that the nag saying this is controversial doesn't mean it's. This a win. is controversial enough to derail a major agenda item. Is the premise of the disad? It's controversial enough to derail a major agenda item. Why would it not be you know enough to boost one? I don't think the negative can, the negative can't say in response to the winner's win to say, come on, no one cares about the AF. I mean, that's like the premise of all the, like, immigration is the third rail link cards, though, that it can only hurt people. That's true, but that has to do with the fact that there's the, the reason immigration is defined as the third rail is because there's no constituency that is directly benefited from taking a stance in favor of it. There are no immigrants who are going to show up at the voting box for a, for a politician who comes out in favor of uh, immigration, which is why in academia the literature is overwhelmingly pro-immigration, but in the political world it's overwhelmingly anti-immigration because there's, there's, no, there's no benefit to taking that stand in the political realm. That's why it's the third rail. There's nowhere to ride. It's in between the two parties. Nowhere to ride? Yeah. I played fast and loose with the metaphor there. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, let's kind of transition. I guess we didn't really talk about this on the neg part, but you you brought up constituents. What, do you think the election DA is something that the AF should spend a lot of time preparing no, for? Terrible. Too far off. No We're candidates. talking, of course, about the 2012 presidential election. Too far off. No, no Republican candidate officially. Well, I mean, I agree with you in general, except that, like, 
the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, if there were issues that could maybe affect the election other than jobs, yeah, probably up there. I would probably put a DA together to read in one and see. I'm not sure that I would go for it. They are really good cards. Too much can change. That it's all about the economy. Uh, there are too many factors that indicate it. That Obama, that the president is always beating um, sort of uh, the generic Republican. We won't know until we have the final candidate. Just like four or five cards like that, there's no answer for the negative and defensive that this had. It just isn't. Well, I mean, it's, it's like the fact that people still read it. Like, obviously, there are answers. I mean, you're, you've, you've now gone from spin good on the regular politics to sad to truth good on the election to sad. <laughs> yes, truth is always good. Uh, if you are researching the election to sad, though, just cut a Nate Silver prodite and what he feels about the election, and then you'll win uniqueness every time. I don't know. I, I bet you someone reading Afghanistan will have an election advantage for sure. How about the elections? We're talking about the AF. The election's advantage. Yeah, that's what I just said. I yeah. guarantee you Afghanistan team will have elections advantages. Locks in the uh, Republican. Locks in. All they got to do is go to Vanderbilt BN or Harvard JP's college wiki and reproduce some sites. And there's just so many articles post-Libya that are like, Obama's support for war has like caused his main constituents to start questioning whether or not they'd turn out. That's, and a, pretty little, uh, that's a pretty good little advantage. That's a pretty good little advantage. Uh, too bad you can kind of find out of every part of it. This is very distracting to have a crazy person overreacting to anything we're saying in the background. Um, okay, well let's, we're, we, we just spent a lot of time battling about politics again, again. somehow. Uh, um, let's let's move on to dealing with some of the other negative arcs that we talked about. Okay. Um, so I guess first thing that I want to talk about is thinking about writing your plan and Ooh, being yeah. prepared to defend the words that are in your plan. Yeah. So specifically, if you read, you know, Iraq for the first time, defending the terminology of Iraq, obviously, versus word picks, if you have the term police presence, you should be writing to defend police presence. And whatever verb you have, like withdraw, reduce. Research, just having a pretty generic definition of that combined with a just sort of like warranted sort of 2AR block on the affirmative gets the right to define their plan, the words they use in their plan text for the purposes of competition. Yeah, I think um, that is just like, that. like I don't understand how the NAG wins on a lot of these kind of plans. Uh, they're just like, this Supreme Court decision in 1837 about salmon fishing rights yeah. defined the term reduced to mean and so therefore that's what your plan means. Like, I, I think never the, let the NAG do that. Yeah, the affirmative doesn't challenge that, def that definition. That's the main reason. I mean, I don't even think you need a counter-definition in those instances. I know people are like, offense, defense, oh, there's only one really, meaning. If, I think you need a counter-definition. It doesn't have to be a piece of evidence. But I think you need to be... You like, think you can just make one up? Yeah, I think you just need to be like, substantially doesn't necessarily mean 50%. Another interpretation is substantially could be 25%. We'll defend that. We're affirmative. We get the right to defend the words that are in our plan text. Uh, any other interpretation is too good for negative ground and is anti-educational because... We didn't know what ground they were going to choose. Bam. I don't know. I mean, I just think that's like, you don't even need that. I would just be like, that's not what we meant. You could have asked if that was what we meant. Like, you don't get to get up and read a card that's like, reduce means nuke the troops. <laughs> and then counterplan to not nuke the troops. Just because we don't have a card, that reduce doesn't mean nuke the troops. Well, like, Spark I think you're missing thing. something. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, sweet counterplay. Uh, 
You're missing that. My burden's not high for that. They just have to disagree that that's what reduced means. No, no, no. I can understand that it's not high. I'm saying even though it's not high, it's still too high. Wow. Okay. I, it seems like the 10 seconds of disagreeing that that's what reduced means is probably worth it for the app, though. No, I mean, obviously I'm saying that they should prepare. I'm just saying that, you know. Uh, not just word picks, though. I'm glad we, that we, we said that. It's like... Other words in your plant text. What does withdrawal mean? Don't you don't throw in verbs into the plant text that you don't understand what they mean. Yeah, just in general, you should have thought through all of the words in the plan. I, one thing that I know is like pretty common a lot now is that teams feel like they have to break a new plan text for every round, <laughs> just because like they are either worried that there'll be something or they want to like mess with the other team's prep time. Yeah, and I think that this has the exact opposite effect, which is the goal is to try and avoid plan-based arguments. But when you read a new plan every round, the amount of thought that you're putting into it is not very much. And I think it leaves you more susceptible to those things, because in order to change things up, you can't, you know, change all the words and then still have defenses of all the words. You're not wrong. Oh, or you can, but then you're putting a lot of effort into something. Yeah, I mean... We agreed... The, our disagreement was, I think the affirmative should assert that the word means everything. I don't even think they need to do that. So we're not talking about a high standard there. Um, something I think that is underrated, and you and I uh, had a conversation with one of the Emory debaters at the NDT. Add-ons? Yes. Add-ons, add-ons, add-ons. I see people read like the coin F, like the biggest F in recent memory. Yes. And they don't read any add-ons. And I'm just like, why? Are, the only reason to run this app. And do you, here's the response. I'm going to play devil's advocate for the next minute. Are you ready? Okay. But they read seven off and like two counter plans and we're totally destroying our advantages. Okay, let me deal with the counter plan thing first because this is something that I have done in just a hundred conversations with yes. the memory kids this year. If someone reads like a 25 point advantage counter plan, yes. you read add ons, not solvency attacks to those 25 planks. Two reasons. One, no matter how good you think your Afghanistan solves hedge cards are, yeah. the combination of the 25 planks resolves whatever internal link you add to hegemony better than the app. Yeah. And second, especially in this modern day of conditionality where they read six counterplans and kick the 25 planks on all of them, yeah. reading like a CTBT doesn't solve leadership card to answer that one plank of the advantage is a total waste of time. It's much better to read an external add-on because if they go for the counterplan you can go for it. If they kick one of the planks it's irrelevant. If they kick five of the counterplans it's irrelevant. It's something that applies in all of those instances. Mm -hmm. So if they read four multi-plank advantage counterplans, reading an add-on that those don't solve is way better than reading a bunch of stupid solvency cards about those Yeah, the, the only thing you should do against advantage counterplans is the AF is necessary to solve the advantage. Here's why. Here's the card. Add-ons. That's it. Nothing else. Well, I, I guess I, I would say that, like, the, the thing that I think is stupid is when, like, let's say the app has a hegemony advantage, mm -hmm. and the nag reads two different multi-plug advantage counterplants to solve hegemony, and then, like, three minutes of hegemony defense. Mm -hmm. You know, to answer all of that, it's going to take you at least three to four minutes of the 2AC. You'd be much better off spending two minutes reading add-ons and then two additional minutes on whatever the off-case are and just kicking your hegemony advantage and not or, answering those counterplants. Or... Grouping it and extending it in a way that is, yeah, insane. or the the rajesh extend as I like to call it, which is 
answering 25 case arguments in 11 seconds by repeating this doesn't assume argument. And then reading, if you're not planning on going to the 2AR, it's that. Because this is the problem that people don't realize, and it's like, I didn't have time to do add-ons. If the 1 in C was so fast that you stretched for your 2AC, how do you think the 1AR is going to feel? And then how do you think the 2AR is going to feel? If you want to fight the good fight, go ahead and read some add-ons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing oh. about add-ons that people don't get is, like, seven stupid disadds in the 1 and C is effective because when you don't straight turn them all, the block can kick five of them, yep. focus in on two, and then, you know, when you had three or four arguments, they read 15 cards. Add-ons. Okay, add-ons. Yeah, it stops the neg from being able to do that, which makes, you know, gives you more options in the 1AR. You can kick advantages and focus on the add-on can, or can, kick the add-on. Can we addendum this with... Read add-ons that access impacts to disads that have already been read. Yeah, well, that also one oh. thing that people don't realize is that reduces the number of cards you need to read. Yes, too, they already read reduces a Korea the cards impact in the card. Reduces the options for the negative block. Yeah, they usually can't impact turn. If someone reads a stupid DA with an economy impact, instead of reading economy defense, read a two-card economy add-on. Everyone who's oh, listening to this podcast oh. right now, instead of reading Impact Defense, pausing, you're saying you should read off. Yes, pause the goddamn huh. podcast. Whoops, sorry, sorry about that one. That was a total mistake. Pause this podcast and cut an economy ad on. Hmm. Interesting advice. I, you're not wrong, Scott. Um, I mean, I guess the last thing that I would say about add-ons that I think people don't realize is that. If you read like four or five really short two card add ons, the goal is not to then in the one AR extend all of those add ons. Because no. the evidence for them is obviously terrible. Yes. They don't support the internal link. What you need to do in the one AR is kick three of them yes. and read three to five extension cards on the one that you do choose to go for. Yes. Okay, so the two AC add on evidence should be really short and doesn't necessarily have to be the greatest because if you choose to go for that add on, you're going to answer all their brilliant internal link presses by reading better evidence that addresses those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like why you need to collapse the debate. And you you can't do that when you, you know, try and just like you know, extend all of your advantages and answer all the disadvantages yeah. in mean, every two AC argument. If a coach at the end of the debate asks why you didn't read add ons and you say I didn't have the time in two AC, you've identified an area where you needed to read add ons. You don't need to read them in the debates where you it's like I had so much extra time, I just read like four add ons. In that debate, just read more answers to the DA, and uh, you know. So uh, something else is uh, uniqueness. I, I said this in the Meg one. Uniqueness updates for your advantages. Uh, just being ready to go on just sort of like a time frame argument and a magnitude argument that's recent for whatever advantages you're reading at the TOC. Yeah, I mean, I think that even if your AF is not necessarily you know, super policy, big impact. Mm-hmm. Having a lot of uniqueness updates to answer disads, like a global economy low, if you think there's going to be a lot of economy or Korean instability high in order to answer that. Um, you know, so if you have the truth side of those arguments, you know, those can really reduce the level of offense they're winning. But if you do have a policy half, then, you know, those can be literal game changers if you win that, you know, the economy is already hurt, and therefore your hegemony advantage is probably more important. You know, I think a lot of teams frequently update the uniqueness for their advantages, but not for the common offensive impacts that the MEG is going for versus their advantage. Absolutely. 
And especially, you know, Afghanistan, obviously, people do, like, a lot of conflict uniqueness, but, you know, Korea, there's a lot of things going on in Korea changing. Japan just got tsunami. Yeah. You know, the, oh the U.S. God. relationship with Japan has changed pretty dramatically. What's the debate? Did I tell you about the debate at NET where some team round one, like, condition the plan on Japan opening up its markets? And at no point in this debate did either team be like, Japan is underwater, you know? <laughs> wow, that was pretty Gilbert Godfrey-esque, heartless. Really? From James Sorry. Uh, having unique this evidence slash knowing, on what's, go- knowing what's going on <laughs> in the world, good. Um, I mean, I guess we're kind of winding down here, but one last thing that I wanted to talk about um, for the new half is I think if you know that a lot of teams that you're going to be debating, well, I think this came up in a conversation with you where last year at the NDT, an Emory team was debating someone who they thought was going to go for kind of a generic process strategy, so mm-hmm. they chose not to read a new half. Yeah. I think that that is a good decision in two ways. One is it reduces the it's a new app, we should get to do whatever we want, kind of like theory objection. Yeah. It gives you credibility to say, like, look, because we run this app all year, they should have prepared a specific strategy. You know, they shouldn't get to go for Vito Cheeto just because it's the TOC. I think that's a good reason to not break the new app. Um, two is that I think if you, if you're old app, you are more prepared to debate something like a critique when you're debating a critical team. Oh, yeah. You know, just because it's an Elon of the TOC, don't feel like you should have to read a new AF if your new advantages maybe you know, are things that you don't have good evidence defending your epistemology of or something like that. I really kind of think that there's nothing better against the K-team than the one advantage that you've actually done some K research on and defending it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously if that's new, that's great, but more likely you're going to have done more work right. defending your old AF. I think a lot of teams just like feel that reading new things is like what happens in the TSC, so they have to do it regardless. Of, you, know, you may invest two weeks before the TSC writing a new app, and at the end come to the conclusion that it's just not as good as the coin app that you wrote week one of summer camp for week or <laughs> the year before, um, just because you know that app has a lot of good evidence, and whatever new app you tried to push the boundaries on, maybe it didn't. Um, you know, Westminster last year, they they changed their plan a little bit, but essentially they read the same app they've been for months. Um, just because, you know, I assume and, and And in the semis, because they read their new app, they, they hit the generic counterplan that Kincaid read that was kind of a sick counterplan. And and I remember having a conversation um, with Carly Wonder, like, who also judged that debate with me, where if the negative had had the added benefit of, like, this is a new app, give us some leeway, this is our generic, to beat back sort of like the 1AR had, had, had made this argument. It's like, we've been reading this app forever. There's no reason they need to cheat. It's the core of the topic. Da, 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 da. It, it probably would have swung things their way. Uh, you know, that's a little bit revisionist, but it certainly changes things. Yeah. Did we go through all the things on your checklist? We did. We did. Checklist is done, uh, except for the last point. <laughs> Would you like to know what that is? Sure. Flip negative. Oh, yes. In order to win this UFC, you should win all your flips and call negative. Uh, email Alex Miles for his two-headed coin. Yes. The, the practicing how to win the coin flip key. One thing I will say is that the TOC my senior year, uh, there was a team who offered 
instead of flipping a coin to paper, rock, scissors Ooh. and all of their elims, and then I believe lost all the paper, rock, scissors. Wow. So if you're going to do that, you might want to Amazon up a book on how to win paper, rock, scissors. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology in that. That's why I never accepted it when people have offered. Yeah, I mean, good old rock. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats the rock. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been another three in our podcast with the senior programs coordinator for the Emory National Debate Institute. I have other titles, by the way. What are your other titles? I'm also the uh, uh, assistant director of debate. Okay. I have a business card I can show you. That's okay. it. I thought you said titles plural. Oh, general badass. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and Scott Phillips for the three and R. Thank you for Scott listening. Scott Phillips, director of his own life, barely. Right? <laughs>